In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Lord, we continue our recollection, and now we pray about prayer itself. And we go with you who take Peter, James, and John, your chosen three out of the twelve, to pray with you in the Garden of Gethsemane. And you said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And Lord, as you are about to begin your passion with all of the physical suffering that you are about to undergo, you go to pray to the Father, to seek that consolation. And your soul is sorrowful even unto death. You are thinking not only about the physical suffering, the terrible scourging, the crowning with thorns, the carrying of the cross and those three falls, and then finally the crucifixion. You are thinking of so many souls who in spite of your death would not be saved, who down the ages in spite of your desire that all be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth would reject you, misusing that great gift of freedom. You would be thinking of your mother, and how much suffering she would undergo at Calvary the following day. You would be thinking of Judas's betrayal, of Peter's three denials, of the fact that all the disciples would run away in the garden just a few hours later. Lord, you were really suffering unto death, and St. Luke tells us you were sweating blood. And you invited the apostles, watch with me. You invite us. You invite me. Watch with me that we keep you company too. After all, you are God, but you are man. And in the tabernacle, if we can go to a church to pray, we keep you company. And sometimes we will be the only one there. And then you go on and show us how to pray. My Father, if it be possible, let this chalice pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. You're begging the Father to be spared that chalice, that cup of suffering. But you add, not as I will, but as you will. And Lord, when we are asking you for anything, that we always at least imply at the end, Lord, if you don't want to give me this, so be it. I will accept whatever you want. You always give me what is best. And he came to the disciples 
and found them sleeping. And Lord, when you come to me, do you find me asleep? Perhaps in that generic sense of spiritual lukewarmness, lethargy, lack of struggle, I am figuratively asleep. And Lord, I can't be like that. When you have loved me, when you invite me to pray, as you invited those chosen three, help me to pray, to spend time with you, to grow in love, because you love me first. And then, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. Can we not watch one hour with you? And many people, many lay people, spend one hour or more each day in prayer in various forms. If they go to Mass, which so many do, then let us say that is a half hour. If they spend 15 minutes in mental prayer, as we are doing now, then that is 15 more. If they say the rosary, 15 minutes more or more. And that is already an hour, independently of whatever spiritual reading and other forms of prayer they might do. Lord, help us to find you, to seek you, to spend time with you each day in prayer. And maybe we can pray for one hour spread out over the day. And then you give us one more reason why we ought to pray. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And we look at our lives and we see our sins. And we say, if only I prayed more, I would love you more. I would have more grace. I wouldn't fall so often in those temptations. The temptations will come. We are all subject to them. But we don't need to fall as often as we do. And if we prayed more, if we loved you more, we wouldn't fall as often. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Because as you go on to say, and it is so true in all of us, the Spirit indeed is willing. We want to do the right thing. We don't want to fall. But the flesh is weak. And Lord, we want to be truly prayerful souls to grow in friendship with you. And St. John Paul II, in that apostolic letter, Novo Millennio in Eunte, ushering in the third millennium, writes, We wish to see Jesus. This request, addressed to the Apostle Philip by some Greeks who had made a pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the Passover, echo spiritually in our ears too during this jubilee year. It was the year 2000. Like those pilgrims of 2000 years ago, the men and women of our own day, often perhaps unconsciously, ask believers not only to speak of Christ, but in a certain sense to show him to them. They're looking for you. And they need someone to show them to you. And this is ourselves, if we are truly prayerful. St. John Paul II goes on. And is it not the church's task 
to reflect the light of Christ in every historical period, to make his face shine also before the generations of the new millennium. Our witness, however, would be hopelessly inadequate if we ourselves had not first contemplated his face. Lord, if we had not prayed, if we had not spent time in front of you, listening to you, looking at you, contemplating your face, sometimes looking at us perhaps with a frown because we have not done the right thing, other times with a smile, showing us how much you love us, but contemplating your face, praying. The Pope goes on. The great jubilee has certainly helped us to do this more deeply. At the end of the jubilee, as we go back to our ordinary routine, storing in our hearts the treasures of this very special time, our gaze is more than ever firmly set on the face of the Lord. That our face be truly set on you. We are seeking you, finding you, dealing with you, loving you, which is praying with you. And what form should our prayer take? There are various forms of prayer. We can speak first of mental prayer or meditation, which we are doing now. We're talking with you in our own words. We started from a passage from Scripture. We might start from some spiritual reading book. We start with the book of life. St. Josemaria, in his book, The Way, asks and answers the question, what should we pray about? And he says, you write, to pray is to talk with God. But about what? About what? About him. About yourself. Joys, sorrows, successes and failures, noble ambitions, daily worries, weaknesses, and acts of thanksgiving, and petitions, and love, and reparation. In a word, to get to know him, and to get to know yourself, to get acquainted. We pray, Lord, with you about ourselves, our life, joys, sorrows, successes and failures, family issues, work problems, how to help our friends. So many times the topic of our prayer will be simply the book of life as we live it. And in this mental prayer, we simply talk in a simple way. We don't have to use fine words. And Lord, you are the one that told us that in the Sermon on the Mount. You said to the apostles, And in praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And Lord, you go on to give us the Our Father to pray in simple terms, whatever language we normally use. We don't have to be eloquent. Prayer comes from the heart. And St. Teresa of Avila writes in the book of her life, mental prayer is nothing else than an intimate friendship, a frequent heart-to-heart conversation with him by whom we know ourselves to be loved. And then a second form of prayer, 
focal prayer. And this we understood normally as prayer with a fixed formula. And we say that prayer that you taught us, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be, the Act of Contrition, the Memorare, the Angelus, and above all, the Rosary, that great consideration of your life. What do we meditate on in the Rosary? Your life as seen through the eyes of Mary. And if we spend that 15 or 20 minutes a day saying the rosary, the rosary itself is, yes, vocal prayers, each one with a fixed formula. It's also meditation. It's mental prayer. As we meditate on the mysteries, that we say a good number of vocal prayers each day. Thirdly, contemplative prayer. The Catechism of the Catholic Church speaks of it. And in contemplative prayer, the mind is more quiet. Instead of speaking to you with words, we are more quiet. And we could define contemplative prayer as a gaze of love. We might be looking at the tabernacle and considering your love for us by staying there for us. We might be looking at the crucifix and considering how much you loved us, suffering all of that pain for us. We might be looking at an image of Our Lady and seeing this great mother that you gave us. Contemplative prayer, a gaze of love. It is the prayer of that peasant in, in ours when the cure asked him how he prayed, and he said, I just look at the good God, and the good God looks at me. And this is contemplative prayer. And then a fourth type, aspirations. Those little darts of love, those little short phrases that we say, Jesus, I love you. Lord, help me. Lord, thank you. I'm sorry. Whatever we want to say, but this is a form of prayer too. And these can punctuate our day and fill our day with your presence, that we be truly prayerful souls. And then, what qualities should our prayer have? First, regularity. That we have fixed times for prayer. Our mental prayer, our rosary, perhaps our spiritual reading, time for Mass, at fixed times. And the temptation will be there often to put it off. And Lord, help us not to do that. These are appointments with you. We can't keep you waiting. We need this prayer. And when we are tempted not to do our prayer at the right time, that we say, Lord, no, I'm not going to give in to that temptation from the devil. I'm going to pray now because I love you. I need this time now. And then that we fix the time for which we are going to pray, at least in our meditation or our contemplative prayer. And maybe we decide to pray for 15 minutes or 20 or a half hour. That we hold ourselves to that time. And St. Josemaria gives us some very wise advice in the way When you pray, let this be a firm resolution. 
don't prolong your prayer because you find consolation in it or shorten it because you find it dry. And we might say, why is that? Why shouldn't I prolong it when it's going well? Uh, because the devil may very well want you to do that because then the following day when you don't feel like praying, he will whisper, ah, but you prayed longer yesterday. You don't need to pray today. And then our prayer will be the fruit of our whims, our feelings, instead of our will and our love for you. And just as in human relationships, often we will talk with someone that we don't feel like talking with but we know we ought to do that. So in with you all the more. You are waiting for us. We need that prayer, feeling like it or not. And sometimes we won't feel like it, and the saints didn't feel like it either. And we go to St. Josemaria, and he wrote in his intimate notes in 1932, I can't understand it. I know someone, he's speaking of himself, who, in spite of his faith, which is unlimited, is cold when close to the divine fire of the tabernacle, and yet later outside in the street, amid the noise of cars and trams and people, and even while reading a newspaper, he feels carried away by, by a vibrant and rapturous love of God, cold before the tabernacle, Saint Jose Maria, I lived with him for two years in Rome. He was a great saint, madly in love with God. But sometimes he didn't feel like praying either. But he was faithful to his prayer. And that is what made him the great saint that he was. Regularity. Fixing the time at which we will pray. Fixing the time for which we will pray. And holding ourselves to it. This is what makes the saints that life of prayer. And then that we pray with faith, knowing that you always hear us, you always answer us, and you tell us that in the Sermon on the Mount. Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. And Lord, you always hear us, you always answer us. And sometimes the answer may be no, or not yet, or I have something better for you, that we accept your will. Whatever you give us is always for the best, but that we pray with faith, knowing that you will hear us. And in any case, our prayer sanctifies us. The fruit of our prayer is our own sanctification. If we didn't receive anything of what we asked, we would be receiving holiness. We would be receiving your love, your grace. And that is an answer to our prayer. And then to pray with humility. Not of one who thinks he is holy, but of one who knows he or she is very much a sinner. Lord, I need you. Help me. To pray like that publican in the temple. God, be merciful to me a sinner. And as you said, he went home higher in God's favor than the Pharisee. And finally, perseverance, that we continue praying year after year, day after day, whether it is prayer of petition, asking you for something, whether it is our mental prayer, 
that we spend time with you, the rosary, the mass, that we continue all our life, that we live in your grace, we live in your love, we live in your presence, then our life will be lit up. We will be other Christ. We will bring you into the lives of others. And we ask Our Lady, teacher of prayer. So often, the artist depicted you kneeling at a nailer when the angel Gabriel appeared to you in the Annunciation. Not that you were necessarily kneeling in fact, but they depict you kneeling because they understood Mary was truly a soul of prayer. And Mary, help us to talk with Jesus, to talk with the Father, to engage the Holy Spirit, that we be truly prayerful souls, that we may be truly friends of Jesus and bring him into this world in darkness, bring him to light up the souls of many. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this time of prayer. I ask your assistance in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.